This episode of Control Alt Delete is brought to you by Mailchimp. 12 million people use Mailchimp to connect with their customers, market their products, and grow their e-commerce businesses every day. Mailchimp has been around since 2001. The company started as a side project funded by various web development jobs, but now they're the world's leading email marketing platform. They send more than a billion emails a day. They democratize technology for small businesses, creating innovative products that empower their customers to grow. When you connect to your store with one of MailChimp's hundreds of e-commerce integrations, you can create targeted campaigns, automate helpful product follow-ups, and send back-in-stock messaging. Learn what your customers are purchasing, and then send them better email. MailChimp will also analyze the purchase history of each customer to make smart, data-driven predictions about what they'll want to buy in the future. It's enterprise-level technology made simple for everyone. Just drag and drop. And sending personalized product recommendations to your customers increases sales in just a few clicks. MailChimp detects purchasing patterns in your e-commerce data and then uses them to automatically predict your customers' buying behavior so you target the right people with the right products. With MailChimp, you also get enterprise-level automation without any of the headaches. You can send an onboarding series to introduce new subscribers to your business or organization. You can automatically follow up with customers after a purchase, recommend other products that they love, and you can surprise your best customers with a coupon triggered by their shopping behavior. Remind customers of products they left in their cart and encourage them to come back and complete that transaction. You re-engage your inactive subscribers. And from WordPress to Facebook, Shopify to Magneto, MailChimp integrates with the apps and web services you use every day. So connect your MailChimp account with hundreds of powerful web services. When you sync those applications you use to run your business and break down data silos between platform, your workflow becomes more efficient. That extra time lets you focus on increasing engagement and revenue. Anyway, it's MailChimp. Go try it out. It's great. MailChimp. Send better email. Sell more stuff. Hello, and welcome to Control Alt Delete, the one and only podcast for Dieter Bone fans by Dieter Bone fans. <laughs> <laughs> Got it right in at the top. Right there. Uh, now right we're there. covered. We're covered. Uh, that intro comes to us from uh, Garrett Penfield on Twitter. That's Garrett Penfield, two R's, two T's, pen, as like a pen, Penfield. Uh, we love your intros. Keep sending them. Anyway, I uh, am Neil Patel, and the editor-in-chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always... By my friend, executive editor of The Verge, editor at large, Week Recode, the Walter Cation himself, Walter Mossberg. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. Yeah, this is our hol- it's a, like the holiday spectacular here. This is the holiday spectacular <laughs> Control Walt Elite. And it's it's good that it is because there's no Control Walt Elite next week. So we this is off. a. This is a bombastic one. Oh yeah, we're gonna, there's going to be songs, there's going to be dancing, there's special <laughs> there guests is. rolling in. There is, and uh, I have to tell you that in here, here in Washington D.C., where I am located for this podcast today, it is nearly 50 degrees. Uh, well, it is. I'm in Chicago at uh, my sister's house for the holidays, uh, and it is freezing cold here. It <laughs> is. It is too cold. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to go outside. The, my niece and nephew are 11. They chose to go to school today. They could have stayed home. They chose oh to go to school God. because their school just showed them movies two hours and sent them home. I don't remember. Uh, I, I remember that. No, I remember those. Those the teachers were like, "There's, they're not going to learn. They're not even going to sit in their seats. So we'll just show them movies." I remember that. <laughs> I was just like, "It's too cold." I believe this is the future of STEM education. <laughs> it's just movies about math. Movies <laughs> about yeah. whatever. No, I, just movies like Ferris Bueller and. <laughs> You know. I don't think they show Ferris Bueller to eleven-year-olds in, <laughs> in school, but that—if you want to raise a generation of like renegades, that's what you do. Anyhow, speaking of renegades, Walt, you uh, this week your column is your big—I guess it's it on year two it becomes your annual wrap-up. So now you're committed <laughs> yes, for, the, does, for the rest yeah. of your days to doing this column every year. <laughs> uh, but you you did a little 
I wouldn't call it a report card, but kind of a, a year-end wrap-up predictions. How do we do for some the big tech companies? Yeah, the big platform companies. Plus, we threw in Samsung. Um, yeah, Samsung more, had such a bad year that we felt like <laughs> we, could, had, we had we'll, to mention we'll, them. We'll get to them. But, yeah, um, yeah the idea is, was in uh, at the very beginning of the year, the first column I wrote this year was kind of here's what I think the big major platform companies should probably focus on to improve themselves in 2016. And now I'm sort of looking back and saying, well, did they do those things? Did they do something I was surprised by? Was I completely wrong? Were they completely wrong? You know, what what, what went on? Yeah. And so we, we go through the, the, the major, you know, the companies that really control uh, most of tech. And um, first up is Google. Yeah. By the way, I, I got to say, this is one of my favorite conceits for our show, where we just talk about the state of the state. But this one, it's the end of the year, and you made all these predictions. So we got to get into it. So let's start with Google. Yeah. And by the way, when I do speeches and I ask people in the crowd, sometimes I give them a choice. I say, or I give the organizers of the conference a choice. You know, I could talk about big thought leadership things for the whole time, or we can do that for a while, and then I can just talk about each company and everyone prefers just to hear huh. w- what is going on at Apple, what is going on at Microsoft, you know, what is going on at Facebook, whatever. That's like their favorite thing. So I think readers do too. Yeah. Um, so Google, uh, you know, I think the, 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 kind of, the kind of headline for Google is that this was, 2016 was the year they became a vertically integrated hardware maker, uh, and, which is something that uh, I liked because I had called upon them to do that a couple of times in columns, including in that uh, beginning of the year column. And they did it. I was I was principally uh, talking about phones, and they did that with the Pixel, but they also did a, uh, a an intelligent uh, speaker, the Google mm-hmm. Home, uh, which you and I have talked about at great length. And they did something you and I have not talked about at great length, which is the Google Wi-Fi router system, which is kind of part of the one of these new types of uh, router systems that, uh, and I say system because it's not one router. It's a the point is you're going to have a bunch of access points around the house, and they will talk to each other over a mesh network. So that's what they did, and but the thing that I didn't get into or foresee. Uh, when I wrote the earlier column was that these were all maybe with the, maybe with the exception of the Wi-Fi thing maybe not, uh, but these were all vessels for uh, their uh, Google Assistant AI project, which I think is a decade long or decades long project that they're just getting started on. And um, you know, it's too early to tell if this idea of them becoming like Apple in a, in the sense of being a vertical hardware maker uh, is going to pay off. Um, I, you know, I wrote that I don't, I'd be utterly stunned if the Pixel sold anywhere near as many phones as the iPhone will this holiday quarter. But, and, and the Google Assistant, as we've documented on the Verge, is, uh, you know, needs work. But th- th- these were big moves. These were not tiny little mincing moves and i think yeah. they're they're very important i also talked a little about you know the, the idea of putting android apps on chrome os on chromebooks um they in in fact did 
take a step toward that, but it's you know, it only works in a few Chromebooks and I think they missed a big opportunity with the Chromebook. The the Pixel, it's their first phone. It's a it's a it's a great phone, but it you know, it's got a long way to go. It's only on one carrier. Fine. The Chromebook situation, it feels like they just they just dropped the ball, right? They stopped making the Chromebook Pixel, which was a very expensive, uh, I liked it a lot, piece of hardware, but very expensive and not not anywhere near what, what a person would spend on a laptop that can just browse the internet. But they didn't do the rest of the work, right? They didn't actually add the Android apps in a consumer-facing way. They didn't put out their own hardware, again, at lower price points. They didn't push their partner hardware. It just seems like that that moment for them is a missed opportunity this year, and they need to push it much harder next year. I completely agree, uh, which is one reason that I I actually made it a big deal in uh, in the uh, column in January, and I, I stand by that. You know, one thing that I didn't mention at all, and I think we, we're going to be writing a lot about, I'm going to be writing about it, you're going to be writing about it, the whole team is going to be writing about it a lot this year, is the whole question of hate speech and fake news mm-hmm. and I mean we already have but it's it's not going away and we tend to think of this tend to talk about this in terms of Facebook and we will get to Facebook but you know this is also a problem for Google there have been a number of well publicized cases where you know things that are number 1 or number 2 in the search results are completely false or are just outright uh, racial and and religious slurs, and this is, uh, I think, a foundation, uh, you know, fundamental problem for their core business of search. In other mm-hmm. words, if it, if if this is going to pop up in search results, some people would be credulous about it, which is awful. But um, but worse probably for Google is people stop trusting it, and. Yeah. They've and advertisers will stop wanting their ads to run alongside this stuff. So, they've got to fix it. They took a few steps, primarily triggered with their algorithm a little. And they, in some non-U.S. countries, they actually have you know removed certain search results. And they've jiggered around with their ad networks, but they have a lot farther to go to preserve their credibility. And I think that problem is going to get even worse if and I completely believe this but if you know as you say their bet is 10 years um on ai and voice interfaces and the assistant being everywhere and the assistant is returning fake news then you don't get to see on the screen a bunch of other results you don't get the flag for reporting the thing that's wrong you don't get the context of the entire web around it you just say is the holocaust real and the robot says no right like it, so they, they've got to – if they want to start constraining the interaction to this assistant and making the assistant smarter so you're not going to these other places, Google search has to get smarter. And that – that's a, I think that's a taller mountain to climb than, than they expect. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. And um, I wish I had mentioned it at the beginning of the year, although to be honest, I, I don't think the issue was as, as clear to most of us at the beginning of the year. It's very clear to everybody now, and they're going to be wrestling with this just like uh, Facebook is. Yeah. Um, so a, a company that isn't particularly re- wrestling with that problem. Wait, I, I want to ha- ask one more question on yeah, Google before sure. we move on because I, I think we're going to talk about Apple a lot. But Google, to me, it feels like everyone assumed Google had a fine year. Right? They did a bunch of stuff. 
they didn't fall quite as far down the fake news. Can we trust you rabbit hole as Facebook? They have made a bunch of changes to mobile search that, you know, that their business metrics are up. They're doing fine inside of the crazy chaos of alphabet. You know, Google's just charging ahead with focus. I think everybody thinks Sundar is a great CEO, but my, my thought is they've made all these bets, but at any time Apple could say, you know, the default search on the iPhone is Bing now and Google's business would crater. And I, I just wonder, do you think that they, those bets, like what's the timeline that those bets need to pay off, particularly on the, the phone and the assistant before Google feels stable again? Like that's what I worry, right? Like they, well, well there are well, a lot well, of Android phones out there, yeah. but so and much. And their biggest partner is in terrible trouble, right? Uh, which is, you know, somewhat less of a crisis since they're apparently going to be making their own stuff, but still. And, and, and I would put this, we're going to talk about Microsoft a little later on, but I would put this sort of the vibe is, is the opposite of Microsoft where every, you know, Microsoft's in trouble for so long, but they had a very quietly good year, right? Where yeah. Google had, you know, everyone takes Google for granted, but I think they made all these bets and no one is worried about whether they'll. All right. Off, so right? to answer your question, I think that pixel has to have a great 2017 and the Google home has to have a great 2017. If you and I are having this conversation in our holiday spectacular version of the podcast <laughs> in December of next year, then I think they're in trouble. Uh, I think it has to be obvious that the Pixel... I'll go on a limb. I think the Pixel has to be the, the main competitor of the iPhone by yeah. this time next year. I'm not saying it has to outsell the iPhone or you know, it could be the iPhone is still is still a little bit better. It could be the iPhone is has been overtaken, but whatever. It has to be the the Pixel has to be the the main thing you think of when you say the iPhone. Just like you say, there was time you said um, iOS, and that was all you said. And then you began to say iOS and Android, or Android and iOS, and that's kind of the way it is. When people talk about platforms, I think when people talk about smartphones, you want them to uh, talk yeah. about the Pixel in the same the, breath. It was the iPhone and the Droid for a long time, and for you know the past few years, it's been the iPhone and, and Samsung's Galaxy series. You're saying next year, that's got to be the iPhone and the Pixel. Yeah, and and the same same for the Google Home product or the Google mm -hmm. Home Two, whatever they bring out in. Uh, however many models or iterations of it they bring out next year. And I'm not talking about the assistant underlying it. That will appear in many places, and I think that's a much slower... That has to get better, too, but I'm not going to say it has to get perfect next year. I think it's a much harder problem. But the Google Home has to be... Like, I think... I could be wrong about this, but I think both you and I slightly pre still preferred the Echo, and not everybody in our shop did, but I think both you and I did. And I think we he needs to win over people like us. It needs to be like, oh, my God, this new Google Home is like way better than the new Echo, whatever, next year. That'll be a very interesting one to watch because that's a crucial way for them to both show off their AI chops and collect the, the kind of machine learning information they need for the AI to improve because yeah. it's just sitting there at home. I will uh, say, well, I mean, this isn't scientific by any means, but yeah. I like to use the Walmart in Catskill, New York as a gauge of how well things are doing. Uh, Google Home and Google Wi-Fi in stock in that store, which is 
in the middle of nowhere, in stock in that store right away, sold out immediately. And in the Best Buy here in Chicago, sold out. I mean, they're, they're, they, they undercut Amazon on price. You know, the thing's cheap. Um, and they're advertising the hell out of it. So they're, they're certainly selling them. I don't know if they've made a lot yeah, we'd of them. Have to know that we'd have to yeah. know about the supply, wouldn't we? Right, yeah. exactly. And so we'd I, have to it, know about not things scientific. like spiffs and, you know, that kind of stuff. But they are, they're certainly That's pushing retail the jargon. super hard. Spiff. Spiff is retail jargon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. But, but on the quality of it, people like us need to be able to feel like, whoa, this is really taking a big step up. Mm-hmm. And the and the same with the phone, and so that's my answer. My answer is, uh, you know, on those things, they have a year. Uh, I mean, they, yeah, the world is not going to explode for them in a year, but um, uh, for us to start, for us to really cement in, in in our minds the idea that they're the prime competitor to Apple and Amazon and these things, they have 2017 to do that. I think. Yeah, and I, I think their big problem is the Echo and the Echo Dot are. I mean, the Echo Dot is like trivially cheap, right? It's fifty bucks. I think Amazon blew them out for like thirty-five bucks for you know a minute. A lot of people are going to have these things in their house, and Google's got to make an argument about why you should replace the one you have with one that works slightly differently. And that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Yep, and with Apple, they're going to have to make the argument that you know you you it's it's fine to get off iMessage. And get yeah. on Allo. Yeah, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a hard. I mean, <laughs> Talk you about know, mountains to climb. Yeah, our 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 uh, colleague uh, Lauren Good wrote a piece uh, at some point this year saying, you know, I, I think iMessage is the main thing holding me to the iPhone, and I get that. I really get that. And Apple, of course, has made iMessage uh, better. So, I mean, given it all kinds of new new capabilities and. Uh, open APIs and a- an app store and that kind of stuff. So, well, not IP- not APIs. They're using the app model, but mm-hmm. app store. So, uh, you know, uh, it's a mountain. It's a mountain to climb. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Apple. Speaking of Apple. So, Apple doesn't have the fake news issue to worry about. Because <laughs> no one uses Apple News. <laughs> no one uses Apple News. <laughs> Who knows what's in there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I heard they were doing editorial things, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll We'll see. But... Um, they, um, they, I don't, I think they had a very rocky 2016. And before I get into the products and why I think it was rocky, I do want to start with something that wasn't rocky and that I think we often forget. Uh, Apple is easy. I mean, look, Apple has, Apple has driven almost all these consumer facing tech trends for a long time, and they've done it in a very high-class, high-quality way. And so you hold them to a very high standard, and that's to me, that's fair. Uh, they act arrogant, and they, that derives from the fact that they make these uh, – they have made a lot of great products over a fairly compressed time. So I think they deserve to be held to a higher standard. Uh, and they had a rocky product year, but given the political climate – Right now, uh, I think we cannot stress enough that Apple has been incredibly tough and incredibly fierce about privacy and mm-hmm. security on its devices and really about social justice. And it's not – so is Google. I mean, there are, Google is good on social justice. Other companies are too. But Apple is – nobody is where Apple is on privacy and security. And I mean, to the point 
not in 2016, but in the, the very end of 2015, of going up against the FBI. And that takes it takes a lot, an unusual company to do that. So, um, you know, I think we have to give them huge props for that. And, I mean, I can just say personally, I don't know that I've ever written this, but I'll say it, and maybe I will write it this year. Um, this is an enormous reason why I keep buying iPhones. I just yeah. feel like uh, as as good as the Pixel is, it's just not in Google. And, and you know, uh, uh, Google supported Apple. All the tech companies supported Apple, some, some reluctantly, but they all sort of supported Apple in the FBI fight. But um, the Pixel phone is not built with the, with privacy, privacy and security as a principal focus, and the iPhone is. It just is. Yeah. And iMessage, as we what we were talking about before, is built that way. Allo, if I remember correctly, you have to s- deliberately switch into a mode that provides encryption, and that you just don't have to think about that with Apple products. So I want to start by saying that I think that's super important and and people like us who write about products sometimes miss that uh, not that we haven't written a zillion words on it but when we think about the company as a whole we sometimes miss it so now we get to the products and i actually chose to n- nudge them in january about their software more than mm-hmm. their hardware and particularly their core apps the ones that apple itself makes for both the uh, iOS platform and the Mac platform. So mail, calendar, music, photos, so forth. And uh, I said that these apps needed a lot needed attention. They had not been worked on in a long time, uh, in my opinion, at least in major ways. And they did do some of that in 2016. There's a new interface for Apple Music, which, you know, I think we thought might just be purely cosmetic and it is in a lot of ways cosmetic but i actually find it makes the music app on ios a lot easier to use Mm uh i don't know if you do but i do um well it's certainly bigger (laughs) it's more than it's it's more than bigger it actually it actually is is smoother uh the apple watch uh, we've talked about you know they they completely revamped the software there yeah they revamped the hardware but not I think the software was the much bigger deal. Um, we've already talked about iMessage. Uh, there actually have been improvements that are not insignificant in Apple Maps. You don't know it. Most of the world doesn't know it because they don't use Apple Maps. But if you did start using Apple Maps, you would you would you might be surprised. Uh, I don't think it's quite as good as Google, but it's come a tremendous way. So those things uh, were done. But I still think mail needs tremendous work both on iOS and Mac OS is still you know they Apple may not like it they may not they may prefer you to be on iCloud email but you're not you're on everybody's on Gmail and it may even be Google's fault for because I've heard from a number of companies that Google is somewhat non-standard in the way it deals with IMAP but mm-hmm. fact is that Apple's mail clients are slow and a little bulky at handling Gmail, and that's makes you want to go find another one. I mean, this was client. the year of explosion in mail clients, right? I mean, right. And, the, Microsoft- and there's a reason. There's a, if Apple's if Apple's built-in client was constantly being improved and really worked brilliantly with Gmail, uh, Outlook, and uh, by Microsoft, which was a product they purchased and renamed, and other people's products wouldn't 
have been have, there wouldn't have been that explosion. Yeah, uh, I, I also think the calendar and iTunes and photos all still need work. But I mean, I we we can talk about iTunes on the Mac. It's Apple's oh, graveyard. Please. It's just, it's just. I mean, you know, it it crashes. It just it's. Uh, it, it, oddly, the, like I said, the music the music app on the phones and the iPads work fine, just not on the Mac. But more, much more importantly, in terms of their rocky year, I think they pretty much managed to disappoint with every single hardware product they brought out this year. Yeah, and that's so rare. I mean, that I can't th- don't think there's been a year since Steve Jobs came back where you could say that they've had a few flops. Yeah. But to have, and and by the way, as far as I know, none of these are what you would clearly call a flop, except maybe yeah. the watch. But even I mean, Apple it, has such overwhelming scale that for them, a flop would be the greatest success in the history of many other companies, right? Maybe so it, it's yeah. it's a relative. So they they have the biggest smartwatch, but you know yeah. it's yeah, all right. But you know the the iPhone seven. Um, we just ran a piece saying, look, this is the best phone you can buy. It is. It just wasn't, there was nothing particularly interesting about the iPhone 7, uh, except maybe the camera on the bigger model, uh, and that was it. Um, and and we're not getting into this, but, you know, they got rid of the headphone jack. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and so the theme here is they did things that tended to make, to, to remove capabilities Mm-hmm. That people had come to rely on, from something as uh, you, you know mundane as the headphone jack, and it's only mundane because people just expected to be there. Where you now need a dongle if you want to charge while um, uh, using the earbuds, to uh, the MacBook Pro having mediocre uh, battery life. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, because they decided to make it thinner and lighter, because somehow I think they wanted to stretch it to cover the ground the MacBook Air was occupying, and the MacBook Air isn't dead, but it's not being not being improved. Yeah. And in the in the course of doing that, you know, the, there's a whole story that uh, we linked to that was on Bloomberg about why the battery in that computer wasn't bit better. They tried to make it better and it failed. And then it, the story goes on to talk about how the engineering and development teams for the Mac have been shunted uh, in favor of of the iOS teams. But whatever, that computer was disappointing. Yeah, uh, and That then, story, by the way, uh, Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, who's an excellent yeah, used, Apple reporter. Right, he used to he used to he used to be the guy at Nine to Five Mac, which is you know a, a, a fan site in a way, um, and he was very good. Um, and then I personally feel uh, I, I know that our review of the AirPod wireless earbuds talked about how the wirelessness of them is uh, and and the battery life are uh, you know the best anybody's ever seen. They they handle Bluetooth in a much better way than uh, anyone else. They uh, it's they a technological have... achievement. They're spectacular. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have a set. Sean just reviewed them. I think you have a set. Yeah, I do. Um, they, uh, I have a loaner set. I have not yeah. bought bought them. Um, oh yeah, my, I have a review unit as well. But I will tell you that I again they took something away. 
obvious, something obvious, something so integral to your wired headphones and, and, and earbuds that you've been wearing forever, including Apple's, that you wouldn't think about it, which is there's that little control module on the wire, and on that, and you and you can skip a song. I mean, I don't know about you, but I skip songs a lot. Um, or raise or lower the volume, you know, depending yeah. on the, the track itself or what's going on. If somebody wants to talk to you, you maybe you want to lower the volume or something. I don't know. Uh, to do that on these, you they there, there is no they, they're the only wireless they're the only wireless earbuds I know of that have neither a button nor a touch sensitive control for skipping a song or controlling the volume. It's yeah. astonishing. I will and, say in their credit though, the pause functionality I think is really cool. Where right? you take one out of your ear and it senses and it pauses. Oh yeah. It's that, great. That's cool. The rest it, of it, it is super messy because it relies on Siri. Yeah, and, yeah, and, the, and that know. interrupts the song. Yeah. So who wants to interrupt a song they're really enjoying just to make it? They're, you're enjoying the song so much you want to make it louder, which is actually <laughs> what I think is a human. I think that's a kind of a human thing, right? Yeah. People blast songs they really like. So you want to make it louder. But you can't make it louder without interrupting the frigging song right in the middle, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's it's not fair to it's not fair to Adele. It's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> Adele, uh, she's she's just like Taylor Swift has now written an angry letter to Apple demanding that her music not be interrupted. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Adele, hope if you're so. listening, I will publish and it, that. And it's the holiday season, and you want to listen to Mariah Carey <laughs> sing "All I Want for Christmas Is You," and you have to stop the song and make it louder. Because who can hold a high note that long, you know? You want to hear that. But in our review, Sean said he, they fell out of his ears. And we have a great video showing them falling out of his ears. They don't fall out of my ears. Uh, yeah, no they're fine in mine. I, it, Lauren has said they're, they're fine. Lauren has gone on run. Lauren, who's much more much in much better shape, certainly, than me. And I think maybe even you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> she goes... She goes and runs ten miles, and they're fine. Um, uh, so that's you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, Sean, Sean's example shows you that one size fits all isn't maybe the best strategy, but whatever. Um, I so I think uh, I, I, I think this was in some ways a disappointing product to me. So it's a product I would have trouble justifying buying. Yeah, because I, I, because of what I just so, said. So I think the the bigger problem is, like I said, it's a it's a technological achievement. I think it's priced right at that sweet spot where you know it's the holiday season. People are buying lots of gifts. Um, I think they would have sold a lot of them. The problem is they couldn't make them, which for Apple is is deeply unusual. So they, they got them out right at the finish line. They are sold out online. They're not shipping until after the holidays. And you there, there are actually lines in stores to buy these headphones. And for Apple, which you know Tim Cook is, is known for nothing if not his operational and executional excellence. Yeah. Uh, that's it's it's a miss. It's it's kind of like a stunning Except miss. Except he's not in charge of that now. Um, Fair. But yeah, I, he's I was the in CEO. an CEO. I was in both an Apple store and a Microsoft store today. Because I am a, 
I, I never sleep as a reporter. <laughs> I was in both those stores today. Doing <laughs> some on the ground consumer research. On the ground, looking around, you know. I yeah. can I can report to you that in Bethesda, Maryland, at the mall, where the two stores are, I don't know, five stores apart or something, um, there were three people in the Microsoft store, and there were about 30 in the Apple store at about 11 in the morning. And I asked the uh, the manager or one of the managers at the Apple store about AirPods, and he said, oh, we got about 15 of them, and there was actually a line. Yeah. There was a line at the store to buy AirPods, and they were gone, you know, and however long it took to serve the first 15 people, and that was it, um, and they haven't seen any more. And, and so, um, yeah, but I, 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 I'm sorry, Apple. I'm sorry, Johnny I, but, you know, uh, I don't get why I have to go to Siri for volume and to <laughs> skip to the next song. I just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so that's Apple. I don't. I think it was not a good. It, it was kind of a rocky 2016. But I want to repeat. You know, we're heading into a year where it's perfectly plausible that they're going to have another fight with the government, and I think that uh, their commitment to encryption and privacy and security is huge. Yeah. So let's go on. Let's go on to Microsoft. Yeah. And why don't you? Why don't you start? Let you. Why don't you? For change, you. Start. It's your column, but I'll just read your column to you. No. I, so what I, <laughs> what I was saying earlier is, I think Microsoft has had a secretly great year, uh, and I, you know, the the way they've gone about it isn't quite as consumer facing. So maybe we don't talk about it as much. But I think Windows is a platform. They have done a lot of work to make it. I don't know if it has paid off as you know as highly as. It, you might think, but they've done a lot of work to make it better. So it's better. Um, they have made it a lot of work to make it more appealing to developers and and the enterprise, all the stuff they need to do. Their hardware divisions have put out some really incredibly interesting hardware. Um, I read a report that the Surface Display, the huge, the wall mount TV Surface, has just quietly become a billion dollar business line for Microsoft. They're just selling them to enterprises as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, it they're just they're the hub. Exi- that's the called hub. the hub. Surface Hub. That's what it was. I was going to say Studio. Yeah. But that's the new desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, the Surface Hub is a billion dollar business for Microsoft. I have one in every room of my house. I'm not buying a TV unless it comes with a pen. Let's let's be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, those things are incredibly expensive. There's a reason it's a billion dollar business. They're not selling a yeah. ton of them. They just cost forty thousand dollars, and they're selling a, right. a, a lot, right? But yeah, the product at $40,000 is selling extremely well. Um, they have done a ton of work on their cloud services. They've done a ton of work with Office. I mean, just as a, a company, they feel more focused. They feel uh, more driven. They, they they know what they're doing and they know, what, and they know why. Um, and a lot of it is, I think Sachin Nadell is a great CEO, but he's bought a lot of companies. He's brought a lot of new blood into Microsoft. He's gotten rid of a lot of like bad habits. Uh, we brought up Outlook. They, you know, they acquired a small email company, uh, an email app company, and turned that into Outlook. They shut down Sunrise. They bought Sunrise, which is my favorite calendar app, and rolled that in Outlook, for which I will never ever forgive them. But they did it, and so now Outlook has a good calendar in it. Uh, and they've just made these moves to make their products. Uh, appealing on all the platforms in which they appear. And they've gotten away from the thing that always cratered them in the past, which is they always try to roll you back towards using Windows. So now Microsoft is doing what Microsoft does. They make great software on a bunch of platforms, and their core platform of Windows 
I think is doing really well. And uh, the story I'll say, which is shocking to me, uh, I'm here at my sister's house. My niece and nephew are 11. They're, they're tweens. They're, you know, like little Hamilton fans. They play Minecraft all day. Uh, we were in a Best Buy and they, you know, what, what laptop here would you get? You could get any MacBook and the new MacBook Pros are there and all the other Windows ones are theirs and they pick Surface Books. And I, I think that's just, it's, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if that's a data point. No, I just, it's good. I just found it fascinating. It's, it's that partly, they think the coolest it's partly thing that Apple's, the Apple magic hold has weakened, maybe broken for some people. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it has. And um, maybe it was inevitable regardless of what Apple did. I mean, you know, these things do uh, have have uh, a certain cycles. Uh, cycle. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, I think diversity in this is important, yeah. and it's fine. I'm going to give you a little bit of a counter a counter argument. Yeah. It's not, and my counter argument is not to say that they had a bad year. They had a good year. They had a good mm-hmm. year. It was a quietly good year. I think their their Surface Book and their Surface Hardware Group is still very small. It's still a non core business for them, and it still doesn't compare with. Um, Apple's hardware business. Um, but I don't think it's supposed to. I think that's that. I think they know that it's not going to be big. Their okay. job w- is to what? make all the other OEMs look bad. And if you if you think about it in that perspective, HP is putting out better computers now. Dell is putting yeah. out better computers right. now. They've had to rise to a standard. Right. It's all. It's all good. I yeah. I am all for better Windows computers. I really am. I'm I'm for super great Windows computers. Uh, I bet you're going to say they got no phone. They got no phone. And yep. that's the computer that people care about. They've got no phone. They There was, at the beginning of the year, what I called for them to do was to find a plan. I, I said, you know, go to plan C if you have to go to plan C. But you've got to get apps written for Windows 10, uh, the modern mode, the tablet mode that's changed names 22 times. I still want to call. I still want to call it. I still want to call it Metro, which was its yeah. code name. But uh, you know, the, starting with Windows 8, which I think overplayed its hand on that without any underlying quality and was very confusing, and now continuing into Windows 10, which has. I mean, they've done amazing things in terms of making it work across all kinds of devices. It's really interesting. Uh, that they've done that, but when you you and I have said this before, I think when you look, regardless of what you look at, uh, people are using old-fashioned kind of desktop Windows stuff on it, and um, they don't have a real, uh, uh, they don't have a really, they have a very weak, poor app ecosystem for it, and part of the reason it's it's circular, I guess, you know. Because they have a terrible app ecosystem for modern modern kinds of apps that work on phones, they don't have phones. And yeah. because they don't have phones, they don't have an, a modern app ecosystem that would benefit the tablets and the computers as, as well. So they sell a Surface Book, you, you know, a great sur- Surface Book. But and, and there is built in there a tablet mode and you can pull the screen off and it becomes a tablet. But it's not like – I mean seriously, I'd, I'd – 10 million times rather be holding an iPad, which has so much written, r- richness in the software that it's available to me uh, that is designed for it than there is at the moment 
for uh, for Windows, and I think that's a, a big weakness. In fact, uh, I think they we had a report uh, that I, I'm I, I actually linked to it in, the, in my column this morning that says they they fell below one percent in sales in phones, and they were forced to back off this bold promise they made that they'd have a billion devices running Windows 10 by 2018. They now have no date. And with, yeah. it's only 2016, and they could already see they weren't going to make 2018. Uh, so, um, you know, their, their, their plan was to leverage the, in, the install base of desktop Windows computers that would be upgraded to Windows 10. Then the, they could go to developers and say, look, we have these hundreds of millions of people. And they do. They have about 300 million, 350 million, they're claiming. Uh, make apps. They'll run on Windows 10. And by the way, coincidentally, they'll run on tablets and phones, particularly phones. And, yeah. and maybe that we can do a phone. I still think they'll do a Surface phone in 2017. But I don't think it'll be, you know, I just don't think they're in phones. And unless you want to say that phones aren't the most important computer, and I think they are the most important computer, they're not in the most important computer. Now, they, as you pointed out, they make software for yeah. the phones that, People do buy, which are iPhones and Android phones. You can buy Microsoft software on there. I don't entirely understand the business model. It's good software. Uh, most of it is very good software. But, yeah. Uh, I, it's so my, my read of that is I think they know. That, uh, I, I think that the idea of Microsoft well, of course they know. Sp spending all of their effort on trying to win a battle that seems pretty lost. I, I, I agree with you, but... They but did maybe that's adopt, not the, They gave it a they shot. They did a, clearly adopt a strategy. They looked me in the eye and told me. They looked oh, yeah. our other reporters, and maybe you too, in the eye and told you that we are, you know, Windows 10 on desktops because we have now made it unified across devices is going to get us the apps we've been able to get for years on our phones, and that will be a big deal. And but 26, we, it just didn't materialize in 2016. I think my argument is that they. They spent so much time trying to figure out phones that they – that's why they struggled. And I think 2016 is the year where they said, you know what? We've got all these other opportunities. Let's just let's just not prioritize trying to beat Apple Oh, yeah. Again. I mean, Sacha, when he, when he first took over, came – and I don't think it was 2016. It was probably 2015. He came to the code conference and told Kara Swisher and I that he understood they had missed – mobile and they were yeah. going to make sure they didn't miss and, the and they're next thing. they're first out with hololens so they're you know they've got the first it's expensive it's, it's not an for AI thing but they've got yeah. the first mass market ar product out in the market i mean i'm I, sorry ar yeah right they're, they're but they have they have a lot of ai work uh, yeah. also uh and they have you know they they just cloud services that are challenging amazon in enterprise so yeah they had a good year i i don't i don't think it's super exciting but they had a good year and let's yep. not forget uh, about LinkedIn, which I know everyone's very excited about. Oh, my God. About. <laughs> if you want to put one thing in the negative column, it's LinkedIn continues to exist, supported by Microsoft. Sometimes I forget, you know, that LinkedIn <laughs> exists and it's nice. And then someone like, oh, I don't know, you yeah. sent me a LinkedIn link, which you did yesterday for some reason yeah. we won't go into and there it was there it is well i just wanted to connect i wanted to see <laughs> yeah thanks. endorse you for various interests of thanks. course let's move uh, on let's so move the, on to amazon their neighbor in seattle there you go 
So, yeah. So, you know, I used to go to – this is it's interesting you say that. I used to go to Seattle. I, uh, I still go to Seattle uh, once a year or so. And I used to go for many years and spend all my time at Microsoft and maybe uh, could squeeze out, you know, an hour to go see somebody at Amazon, sometimes Jeff Bezos and sometimes somebody else. And now really – the exciting, the more exciting company to me, and I, you know, look, I admit I'm a consumer-focused guy, but the more exciting company to me is Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, it's a little bit reversed. I still go to Microsoft, but I, but I want to spend as much time as I can at Amazon. So, Amazon, you know, I, I suppose the biggest deal. Uh, there's, there's still a ton going on in retail. They innovate all the time in, in retail and in Kindle. Uh, services and books and Prime and drone deliveries in 13 minutes in England and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I thought this was a year when they could build on the Echo and go for big hardware push and and do at least one other cool, fantastic hardware product. Uh, And I even suggested maybe reviving the phone, but, but not centering it around flicking your wrist which was the main feature on their last phone <laughs> yeah but um you know centering it around alexa and sort of making it into a mobile echo uh which also uh, operated as a phone uh but they didn't do that they 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 did some iterations of the echo and they but mostly they just kept adding um apps which they call skills to the echo and um well, that you know, stuff has they, gotten really uh, it's gotten really sophisticated. I, and if you have an Echo, just go out and buy one of the many, many smart plugs that you can buy. There's an iHome one. There's a yeah. the Belkin. We, just buy one of them that works with it. Um, and just set it up. It's actually they're super simple to set up. Um, that used to be really complicated and hard. And then, you know, I plugged our Christmas tree into it. And now we uh-huh. tell the Echo to turn the Christmas. And it's magic and it's so fast it's so much faster than the stuff used to be um it's super is it faster than uh than pressing a switch to turn the christmas tree on well that plug wasn't on a switch you have to go you have to get one of those big mechanical timers or plug it or unplug it but i just mean the 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 speed at which it hears the command and actually execute it those things used to be pretty slow right and now it's right. it's pretty lightning fast now they they keep refining the echo i mean i had one complaint about these skills is that some of them require you to say trigger words yeah. beyond and they, and they've just gotten rid of Alexa. It. Well, they've started getting rid of that, but some of them still have it. Some of I them could, still have it, but I, what I I'm saying is you can go more. and buy this like vast array of smart home devices from different manufacturers, and Amazon has gotten it to the point where a lot of them you don't need it, right? You don't need the trigger words. You can just say, turn on the bedroom lights, and whatever system you have in the bedroom will light up, and you can say turn on uh, the living room lights and you can have a totally system and totally different, you know, smart home integration in the, in the living room. And those will work too. And that stuff, they're just rolling on it in a way that nobody else is even close to. And, uh, you know, I saw um, Mark Zuckerberg yesterday posted a, like just like an offensively fake video about his smart home system that he'd built named Jarvis. I know, yeah. Uh, It was super fake, and he had Morgan Freeman narrating his voice to the AI, and it it was this big thing. You know, it's Zuckerberg, and he's a billionaire, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking, hey, a $50 Amazon Echo Dot and a bunch of smart light switches can do most of what you're showing in this video. 
And I think that that is the thing that where Amazon is so far ahead. And it's all it's they've just built this commanding lead where if you are interested in talking to a, a robot in your house and having things happen in your home, there almost is no choice. And Google's not close yet. They, they've got a lot of work to do to get there. But the fact that we've always talked about what's going to be the hub, what's going to be the main thing that everything connects to and builds the unified interface, the Echo right now, at least in my opinion, is in the clear You lead. can imagine in five years this being an immensely valuable thing to own uh, on the scale of Apple owning the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, and so they maybe were wise to not do what I said and go do a phone again or do something else. They're just, they're just rolling on this. I'm not saying this will be the last piece of hardware they do. Uh, oh, I, I, don't think so. I know they license Alexa and and Alexa and Echo are not exactly the same thing, but you know, it, 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 I wouldn't. I would be very surprised if they didn't do more hardware that takes advantage of this next year. But I think you're right. Everything you said is right. And uh, well, think about think about this way. They they also sell. This is totally speculation. I have no idea if this is true. But Amazon sells more if as many if not more TVs than anyone right so they they have a lot of leverage over these TV makers i think the best the coolest thing and i know Walt's going to laugh at me about this but uh the coolest thing about uh the google home is that you can say turn this on netflix and it'll light oh, up a chromecast God. and do this but they amazon it could very well just sell the next thing and say to samsung or whoever hey we sell a fire tv stick people use it just build that into your tv and now we're going to let all the Alexas in your home control that too. Yep, I think and they drive can. people towards their content. It's it's a very natural sort of step for them to take. Yeah, I'm not sure that would that would be a you know a total good thing. Uh, I know you would love it, but um, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, they could. There's lots of things they can do. I I think that they probably need to refresh the way the Echo looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Google has successfully challenged them with uh, the spouse approval factor. Uh, and I said spouse, I don't mean wife, it could be <laughs> husband. But, you know, the family approval factor, whatever it is, I mean, it doesn't, you know, the, I, I don't think it's a particularly bad looking thing, but not everybody agrees with that. And uh, so, um, you know, they, well, they can I'll tell a, you right now, I'm looking at Amazon right now. Uh, the Echo sold out. Back in stock, January nineteenth. It's a great Christmas gift. Yeah, it's a great so, Hanukkah gift. So I, I think they're probably done with this version. They get through the holidays, and next year they can do something else with it. But I, right. I, I think the Echo is. It's another one of those stories where it's a deceptively simple product that people fall in love with, and it's. We I think we said at the top of the show. Go, you know, Google. They've got to convince people to get rid of the ones they already have, which will be hard. And Apple's going to walk in, and a lot of people are going to have the Amazon one, and a lot of people are going to have the Google one, and they've got to convince everyone to, you know, that you don't you you just talk to it. So Apple's got to convince everyone that unplugging it, resetting it up with everything, and then saying the same thing is is worth it in some way. And I, I think that will be much more difficult than it seems. This episode of Control Watch Elite is sponsored by Indeed Prime. Indeed Prime is a premium talent platform that matches elite tech talent to top companies. Indeed Prime helps software engineers simplify their job search and land their dream job. 
Candidates get immediate exposure to the best tech companies with just one simple application. And when you're hired, Indeed Prime gives you a $2,000 bonus to say thanks for using Prime. But if you use our link, you get a $5,000 bonus instead. So sign up now at Indeed.com slash Walt. Indeed Prime is 100% free for candidates and helps hiring managers discover available, high-quality talent. Again, learn more at Indeed.com slash Walt. Facebook. Facebook, man. Shut it down. (laughs) Well, (laughs) just shut it down. I I think the Jarvis thing, I mean, whatever time he wasted and whatever money he wasted on that, he should have really been paying attention to this other stuff. Um, You know, I uh, talked in January about how they needed to redo the news feed. I thought the news feed had gotten away from people. Uh, I think that. Uh, you know, the algorithms had gone a little crazy. I don't know about you. I don't... Look, I don't have 35 Facebook friends, but I don't have 5,000. I have like 1,100. And my news feed, there's lots of things I miss because they're like down in a silo and some process I don't entirely understand is 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 ordering it. And I realize I could put it in strict chronological order, but, you know, at some point I just don't have time to keep going down and down and down so uh, you know they've got to do something about the news feed uh, but uh, they didn't in 2016 do very much that was significant they're always running experiments and doing everything but they didn't do anything big I think they probably will in 2017 but 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 their biggest their biggest problem right now and I think continuing into 2017 and continuing into Trump America is going to be um, uh, dealing with three kinds of, of of content as a media company, they are a media company. We already discussed this when I wrote an essay saying that, and other people have said it. Um, uh, and there are three things: fake news, which in some ways is the easiest, you know, outright fake news; um, hate speech, um, which is already against their rules, but which they don't seem to enforce uh, well, uh, except. Uh, when you compare them to Twitter, which is another, which isn't even in here, but um, and and I think uh, to some extent harassment. I don't know how much harassment goes on there versus uh, Twitter, but more harassment than ever should go on there goes on there. So they have to do those things. They have to basically yeah. drain the swamp. They have to clean <laughs> it up. They have to. They do. They do. And yeah. and 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 it's and it's and it's partly because. Media at some point, it is possible. I can foresee it that if this grows and grows and grows and gets more and more uh, out of control, that you, as an editor in chief, or somebody at some other media company, is necessarily going to want your stuff to be there yeah. alongside this other stuff. And I, I have certainly heard whispers uh, from advertisers. Um, yep. That hey, maybe this is a cesspool. Maybe maybe we're not actually doing a great job here. And I think fa- the the big danger from Facebook, uh, and you know we we run Circuit Breaker, which is it's designed to attract the the billion people on Facebook who who might love gadgets. I think about Facebook a lot, but it's where are the people on the phone? Where's the audience? Right? If everybody's holding a phone, what are they clicking on to look at stuff on the internet? Facebook is one of those icons. YouTube is one of those icons. Twitter is one of those icons. Facebook is the only one of those things where I think the users of Facebook have an instinctual distrust of the place. 
right? I don't think Tumblr users uh, run around thinking Tumblr is trying to screw them. I don't think Twitter user Twitter users generally know Twitter is a chaotic disaster. They can't. Twitter get is a worse is a deeper cesspool. Yeah, you know, but than, like than I, you know, Facebook. There's no but, sense. But, but people that, know that, and they th- and they block out. They block. Right, and, but that's like the other people. I don't think Twitter users know, like, they don't believe that Jack Dorsey has a secret evil plan, which is to like steal all the. No, data. they just think he's because he has, he obviously has no plan. Right, yeah, is what right. I'm saying. Right, like I don't. YouTubers are always mad at YouTube, but they keep coming back to YouTube. Facebook users, it is so easy to convince a Facebook user that Facebook is doing something nefarious because they yeah. they they inherently distrust it and they they come back to it because that's where the people are but that inherent distrust it's it is Facebook's biggest danger cuz it means if something better comes along people will leave in a heartbeat if something so better comes along so what are they along, doing so they're scrambling to associate themselves with you know well known or 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 generally trusted i don't want to say there's nothing universal in america anymore but universally trusted but generally trusted you know fact-checking organizations and journalistic organizations they've announced some i think they're going to announce more uh and they're forming partnerships and they're doing going to do things like flag posts that are fake and that's good but it's not good enough they're going to have to go beyond that i mean against all of his wishes mark Zuckerberg is going to be dragged into being an editor of some kind or being a the head of a company that has an editing function or a curating function in it right. in some way. Because you can't just outsource that stuff, right? I mean, it, this is a good first step. And then the next thing to do is they'll just – I think one of their partners is ABC News. Like basically just buy ABC News. <laughs> like why not? Well, like, buy it. Whatever. You know what I mean? But, like you know, it, it's it, just that's the, that's the level are, that they're going to be They are a media at. company and – you know, maybe it's maybe it's blue check marks. I don't know what it is, but you know, The Verge is a legitimate news source. Doesn't mean everybody agrees with us or everybody agrees right. with everything we we write, including the I, column. I'll we're give you an example. That Facebook owns Instagram. I, I think Instagram is great. Um, I don't think Instagram has nearly the trust problem that Facebook has, but I think it it bleeds. Facebook's reputation certainly bleeds over to the Instagram community all the time. Um, but today, I was scrolling through Instagram, uh, an ad for a totally scammy, like, you know, lose belly fat product that was a fake CNN video. They'd use CNN graphics and it was all Are you about- serious? To- totally serious. I, I sent it to our news team. They're, they're looking at it. But I mean, it, the Facebook enables this stuff and they haven't built the systems to shut it down. And this is the year where I think they, and this yeah, is this whole what you're saying. Le- let's say fair libertarian yeah. thing is just not flying. And They've begun to pivot. You've saw, you've seen in the last six weeks the beginning of a pivot that will carry over into next year. And yeah. he'll he'll still claim they're not a media company for as long as he can until he can't anymore. And yeah. I think it's already clear that he's not. And and he, that, I mean that he is a media company. And so uh, that's their biggest. That's you know that's an that's an existential problem for them. Yeah. Because. It's not a. It's not, he can say only one percent of the content is fake and whatever, but you know, scammy, uh, you know, r- racist, misogynist, anti-Semitic, homophobic stuff on there, and purely fake stuff is a problem, and it's and it's only getting worse, and uh, it's not going to make it environment an environment. 
there is a danger that it will make it an environment where you don't want to share your wedding pictures. Right. You don't want to share your pet pictures, which is an enormous part of this thing. And where news organizations don't want to do Facebook Live and don't want to do, um, you know, instant articles. Yeah, um, and where advertisers don't want to sell cars, right? Like, it, that, that, right, it's a perfect storm, right? It's, it, it's an existential perfect storm for them. What if everybody decides they hate Facebook all the same? So time? I think actually Facebook did not have a good year, and yeah. I know I'm not. Readers should we should have said this at the beginning, but we're not talking about financials and that kind of stuff. Where pri- primarily we're not. I don't think they had a good year this year. Yeah. Uh, but a better year than the last company in the column. Let's <laughs> end on the lowest possible note in true 2016 style. In true 2016 style. As the year ended, as you know, the world was falling apart in so many other ways. Samsung just wrapped up a year of disaster. Um, they, we've talked about this so many times before, but just to very quickly symbolize uh, or summarize, they brought out a phone that was the, a flagship, had been a flagship, was a flagship, got good, very good reviews, including from The Verge, uh, Samsung uh, Galaxy Note Seven. Uh, which is one of their two flagship lines, but but really their most expensive flagship phone. And this particular year's version was considered daring in its design and beautiful and all that. And it was too daring in its design, to be honest, in my, my opinion, because it, it was designed in such a way that um, batteries, which unless handled carefully in the way they are designed, uh, the, or the cavity for them and the stuff around them, uh, get lithium-ion batteries can catch fire and explode, and they started doing it. And then they made it worse by <laughs> claiming they'd fixed it and sending replacement phones with different batteries, which, because the phone was designed in a certain way, those continued to catch fire, and even though they were made by a different company, explode. And so they had to recall everything. They had to essentially destroy the Galaxy Note 7 as a product, and now they are in the process, I think, within the next 30 days of pushing a software update that will actually cause the phones to to be unable to be recharged and connect to networks and therefore basically turn them into doorstops, yeah. uh, the, those that haven't been turned in, at least in the United States. It's done colossal damage to their brand. They still have not explained. I mean, I just gave you my guess for an explanation, yep. but they haven't explained what went wrong. They haven't apologized in... Uh, you know, a personalized way with a public figure, and I—they I, just seem paralyzed. I, I don't know. I don't know. But they're going to have—they're going to have to have a new phone, and uh, it's a lot's going to ride on it. Yeah, they're going to have to deal with it head on. I don't think they can just announce a Galaxy S8 and be like, "And the battery lasts all day," and walk off the stage. Right? I mean, they're going to have to get into some serious battery conversation or it's just going to haunt that phone and quite honestly provide a huge opening for Google. And so, you know, they're not a platform vendor. They're, 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 they don't, they don't quite live in the same zone as these other companies we talked about, but they are the vessel for Android and they have been for, for some time in, in such an extraordinarily dominant way. And I think this is the year where the opening for Google to say, you know what, we own Android and we're just going to do it ourselves is, is wide open. Not to mention that they gave Apple a break. In yeah. a year when Apple just said, you know, Apple, which I think has been, uh, you know, unhappily tilted toward caring too much about the way things look 
mm-hmm. at the expense of the way things work. It's always been a delicate balance, and it's worked really well for Apple for most of its second phase of its history. But um, I think it's now swung too far. I wrote an earlier piece about that. So there's a design mafia at Apple that said, you know what? Let's not bring out a new-looking redesigned iPhone this year. Let's take two years to do it. <laughs> and Samsung obliged by having its phones blow up. <laughs> and so they, they helped Google and they helped Apple yeah. uh, this year by doing that. All right. Well, we've gone way over. Do you have any bold predictions for next year to wrap the holiday spectacular? Uh, CES will be meaningless in the long run. That's one So of glad I'm going. So glad you're going and so thrilled. I can't tell you how thrilled <laughs> that I'm not going. I've been planning to not go for 10 years and could never not go. And now I'm just not going. Uh, but, uh, you know, more artificial intelligence and more things that we can't foresee, which is why listeners need to listen to Control Alt Delete, need to read The Verge, need to read my stuff, need to read your stuff, need to read Dieter Bone's stuff. There he goes again. There and is. and need to read, you know, need, need to stay informed. You need to stay informed with real, provable, reported news or really smart opinions and that's what we have here we are the verge 2017 we've had a 2017 i'll say that i think we've had a fine year we're set up for we have greater and greater success or we're going to shut the whole thing down find out tomorrow (laughs) 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 first who knows who knows really i'm glad to hear it here right here uh and and merch what about merch Oh, 2016 merch. was the year we, d- we redesigned the site and did merch. It's out there. If you haven't bought a shirt yet, you got to. That's what we want next year. We want we want not only intros, we want photos of you in your shirts. In your it, control wall to lead shirts. We'll call them out all out in a list at the end of every episode. It'll be great radio. That's what everybody wants from the radio is a list of names, <laughs> of photos. But we're going to do it. Uh, speaking of great radio, there's a bunch of stuff to listen to. Uh, we're doing one more episode of the Vergecast. Uh, this year uh, with one Mr. Dieter Bone. There's there's his third mention of the day. Fourth, I think. But Dieter and I host Vergecast. Listen for that. Lauren Good, who we've talked about several times in this episode, hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask over on the Recode side. Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. And Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media, which is... Uh, I, keep, I say it almost every time. One of my favorites, uh, if you're a big media nerd. So listen to that. All of it's on iTunes. Go find it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. We love the feedback. Uh, we love it so much. You should just tweet directly at us. Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm at Reckless. We particularly love it when you send intros, so keep sending those along. Like Walt said, we're off next week, and then it's you know it's, it's going to be we're going to be on and off for a few weeks. But one of the main reasons we're on and off uh, is Dieter and I are hosting the Vergecast live. On Twitter, on video, for three days at CES, for 90 minutes a day. It'll be at the top of the feed. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try to bring some structure to the Vergecast uh, to make it a, a fast-paced, kind of exciting show about gadget news at CES. We'll see if we can pull it off. But please watch it. It'll be at 4.30 Eastern, on Twitter, live video, January 4th, 5th, and 6th at CES, live from Vegas. We've got a whole big set built, video monitors and hype desks. The whole, it's it's going to be nuts. We're making a TV show and we're broadcasting on Twitter at CES. So tune in. It's going to be neat and hopefully we won't completely blow it. Which is And you're welcome for me reminding and, you to and, say and that. And we're going to, just like on this show we talk about Dieter, I'm going to make Dieter talk about Walt on every episode of that show. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, that's happening at CES. So that's coming in just a few weeks. So look out for that. We'll, we'll, we'll continue promoting it. And we're off next week, so happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.